and welcome to Live Lunch um, Season 3, Episode 4. Um, I'm joined today by the lovely Tim Jones. Hi. Joel, my husband. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the lovely Martha Hayward, not Martha Collison, because she got married early this year. True. Um, so, guys, um, hello. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do, what do you do? Go on, Tim. Uh, I'm Tim Jones, I'm Head of Preaching and Research at Emmanuel. Uh, and a PhD student at King's College in political oh. theology. So, yeah. There we go. <laughs> wow. Go on, Joel. I'm Joel Nicholas, married to Megan Nicholas. Uh, I do some youth work with the church and I paint. You, you paint very well. You've painted this, this, um, this mural, wow. I'd like to call mm. um, It's been great. And Martha. That, hi, I'm Martha. I... I'm a baker, you are. Um, and I do a lot of blogging yeah. and social media stuff. Um, I'm a member of Emmanuel, and I help lead the 11 to 14 youth work. You do, and you make to Joel. some killer I did. popcorn. I have made some popcorn. <laughs> Tell it us a bit about this. This is not actually going to kill anyone. It's not. Oh. It's not killer. Well, it might make you choke. So it probably wasn't the best idea in hindsight <laughs> for a podcast. But this is um, bacon and maple syrup flavored popcorn. It's quite interesting. I know. I like to be a bit adventurous. Mm. Bit crazy. Yeah, help yourself. Wow. Thank you very much. Um, so we are doing a series called "On Your Mind," and it's going through um, topics on your mind. And this week we um, we had an interview with Emma Scrivener um, on the topic of body image. So Tim, can you do a thirty second summary of what she spoke about? What was spoken about on Sunday? Yeah, sure. So it's a little bit different for us that we normally have uh, just a sermon that's one person speaking. It was actually the case where we had uh, Matt Carvel, who's one of the elders who's been mm-hmm. here before, um, interviewing her and just drawing out some of her experiences. Uh, the first thing to say is go and watch it, watch again, mm. because it's, it's an amazing... It's really good. It's really yeah, good. just an amazing testimony uh, and to hear her life story and kind of the complexity of it. I think that's the, the most interesting thing, that it's not just a simple linear mm. uh, progression, but it's full of hope and it's mm. full of insight. Um about her own uh, struggles with body image and kind of at the what was uh, I guess the standout for me is just the an analysis of it where she she was speaking about how um, the the issue of body image not just being this this simple linear thing that's linked to uh, dieting or how you think you look but actually a control thing that, go, that goes goes right into the heart of how you're how you're looking to manage your life who you're answerable to all, all sorts of questions like that so yeah just definitely worth a rewatch. Um, superb piece of material and uh, I think it will serve people well yeah. Thank you very much. Um, we chocolate. have some coffees some from the Villas. Oh, hot chocolate. Yes. He's on for hot chocolate. That looks nice. That's a sick I've got hot a bit of food all around. Drink envy here. No, hot chocolate. Oh, it's a tea. You're a tea. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wishing I had a hot chocolate now. That's for tea. You're a hot chocolate, mate. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. There's another one here for. Here. Maybe for hot Jerry. chocolate out there. Okay. Thank you to the Villas Cafe, which is now reopened. Which is now reopened. Yeah. Monday to Friday. There we go. Come down. Treat. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye See you later. There's also a jungle run. <gasps> Have you done the jungle? Yes. I haven't done the jungle. Uh, I really want age restrictions on the jungle run. I don't know if we can just say everyone's well. Out, out of the fun. You have to make sure you don't go when the kids are there, because then. 
That's right. That, be that, out that, of needs, that needs to be risk assessed. Yeah, sure. That's good. Um, okay, so back on to the topic of body image. Um, I want to ask you guys: In what ways has this particular topic um, touched you personally? So, um, Joel, would you like to answer? First? Oh wow! All right. I was yeah. Actually, I didn't think I had anything to say about it, um, but I thought. Um, I remembered when I was first, um, like, in the process of surrendering my life to Jesus, that I really stripped back everything that I used to do with my how I expressed myself, particularly through my clothing. And um, I used to wear a lot of rings and a lot of jewelry, and I dressed myself up a bit, and um, like even. When, uh, even you talking about when we first met and you thinking I looked either homeless or easily. Wow. Like, uh, what is what you said? You did have ripped trousers on. It was ripped trousers. Um, they were my favourite pair of trousers. What next? But, <laughs> but now they're in a painting. <laughs> now they're in a painting because I was never allowed to wear them again. But um, no, I, I, I noticed that I used to express myself through my body and through my clothing a lot. Like really... Um, it's like, yeah, like Tim was saying, like you take ownership, that's the thing you have control over. And um, our bodies are like a, a vehicle of expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're <clears throat> so like, a teenager, you're experimenting with who you are, your identity. I think a lot of them, um, you can kind of identify with a subculture by the clothes that you wear mm-hmm. so that people see you and they go, oh, you kind of belong to that tribe or you mm-hmm. belong to that kind of group. Which means you probably like this, this or this, and that'd be like a way of forming an identity. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that I sort of stripped all that back through removing the jewelry, remo- removing all that stuff, and stripping right back to, um, I guess, more modest, a bit more tame um, ways of expressing myself, and letting mm. God be the primary thing that defined my identity. And um, being really satisfied in that, rather than thinking I had to put forwards an image. Um, mm. Yeah, I've, yeah. There's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, it's good. And mm. um, Martha, you you've been on TV. Yes, you have been on TV. <laughs> Very good. Um, but yeah, how has how has this topic played into into that? Um, I think it has a really big impact to be honest I mm. felt quite fortunate as a like child and like early aged young person like as an early teenager body image wasn't massively something that I struggled with which mm. I feel like is such a huge issue for loads of youth and as a youth leader now we see it mm. so much it's so prevalent particularly with things like Instagram being yeah. so popular and constantly being able to compare yourself and looking at kind of the desirable body and not having it I think I really was actually quite okay with that because when I was younger social media wasn't such a big thing and Mm. I was quite self-confident and quite unafraid to speak my mind Mm. um, and grew up in a Christian family who were really affirming of the way I looked and I never really had questions Um, but then yeah I got the amazing opportunity to go on TV when I was 17 and that was kind of I guess the trigger point for me of suddenly like oh my goodness I don't really care how I look but everyone else seems to have an opinion of how I look (laughs) I think KFC's just arrived. We have KFC. Happy days. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you. This is Joe, our intern, by the way. Thank you, Joe. Wow. Out of breath, Joe. I'll just pop it down for a second. So good. Um, So, yeah, and how did um, did Jesus' work on the cross affect this for you? Um, Yeah, so basically... (laughs) Well, I'm ready. Um, I'll just talk a tiny bit more about what happened. So I kind of went on the show, Uh loved it, but the kind of social media, like storm afterwards would be hundreds of people declaring their opinion of me and the way mm. I looked and the way I spoke mm. oh. and their perceived um, perception of me um, just like That's you're ugly hard. you look like this you should wear more makeup you should wow. wear different clothes and suddenly all these questions that I never had about myself were suddenly posed to me all at once and I was like maybe I should maybe this and it was a bit like a crisis of identity uh, if you like yeah, yeah. Um, I think identity is so linked with body image mm. that actually if you lose that sense of self it's really difficult to refind it. But mm-hmm. I felt really fortunate in that time because whilst it was a bombardment of, oh my goodness, I didn't think this, but if everyone else thinks it, should I be thinking it? It was a time where I had to really seek Jesus and I found so much um, of a sense of home in mm-hmm. the church um, and in knowing who the Bible says I am. It was kind of like, if you imagine all these words written all over you, it's like, actually, I know I could just take off that T-shirt and underneath so is this one which says, like, I'm a daughter, I'm loved and all these other things. And you have to focus on that because otherwise you just lose yourself. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, do you guys want some KFC? That'd be, that'd be great. I'll pop it yes, back on the please. table then. <laughs> Help yourself. <laughs> um, right, so we've been having some um, questions in on the text. So if you've been on there on a Sunday, we've got the number at the bottom of the screen and you can text in your questions and we will do our best to answer them. So the first question we've got in today is, I'm just going to read it out as it says. Hi guys, I really enjoyed the message on Sunday and loved Emma's vulnerability. I was encouraged to hear that Emma had not been miraculously healed the moment she became a Christian, but that instead there are battles she is still fighting daily. However, it got me wondering what the difference is between fighting out of faith for healing, peace and joy and constantly fighting because of a deep mistrust in God. For example, some people see the heart issue of anxiety as a deep mistrust in God, and therefore, when people are struggling with fear and anxiety, the predisposition is to assume that person does not have enough faith. So my question is, how do we know if we are fighting out of faith, or if we are fighting to overcome something out of fear or panic that God alone cannot do it? Good question. Very good question. question. Tim, would you like to take it on? Mid chicken. <laughs> of course I would, yeah. Um, so the, the question about how we fight, and uh, I think I think it boils down to what and who you think you're fighting mm. as well. This is, you know, without speaking to the person one-on-one, it's a mm-hmm. complex question. It's hard to, hard to get to the nuance of it. But the thing that occurs to me first is that... Um, Fighting from a place of security is very different from fighting uh, from a place of doubt in a person. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're navigating any issue properly theologically, uh, into, and by that I mean with Jesus at the centre, with uh, a confidence of Jesus as God's gift, as, mm-hmm. as uh, being having this, this good God give the greatest of gifts to you, uh, how much more is it going to give you all, all other things that mm-hmm. that's a place of confidence with which you you wage a fight which might be a lifelong fight in some cases it might actually be this thing that just keeps recurring but you have a baseline assurance of uh, a, a good God who's who's not withheld any good thing from you 
Um, on the other hand, if you're fighting out of a sense of suspicion, thinking God's holding out on me, He's holding something back, mm-hmm. then I can I can see where that question might come from in that mm-hmm. case. But I mean, in in short, I'd say it's all down to that vision of God that you have. You know, do, do you see Him as good? Do you see Him as loving? In spite sometimes of situations and um, your own doubts about yourself. I, I guess what I'm saying is that you could doubt yourself, um, and you feel different differently disposed towards yourself on different days but a baseline assurance that he's good mm. and that he loves mm. you and that he cares about his creation as a whole mm. that he's invested in it and um, he's proven that by bringing Jesus Christ in time and space mm. um, yeah, that gives you um, a tenacity in, in fighting and a positivity in it as well even, even if yeah. you don't see even this side of eternity you don't see the full realization of uh, what what it is you're praying for and what you're fighting for you still know who it is you're fighting with so that's good do you guys want to say more? <laughs> i think i find that it's really helpful to acknowledge that it might be as tim was saying it might be a constant battle um which is why it's even more important to affirm yourself um with scripture and um to really seek God regularly because I still find like because a lot of the stuff that happened to me was on social media it means that it's still there so mm-hmm. if I'm having a low day or I'm not feeling very confident about myself I can type my own name into Google and come up with all of these opinions of me which are oh, negative yeah. and it still happens even like I make YouTube videos sometimes people will just be like don't really like that outfit and it's wow. like oh okay <laughs> um, but if I, I find if I've not been regular in reading the bible or surrounding myself with people that encourage me mm-hmm. you can find yourself slipping yeah mm-hmm. and i think yeah. if you watch yourself just kind of you tumble and tumble when mm-hmm. actually if you if i'm regularly affirming myself like reading who god says i am mm-hmm. and being confident in that mm-hmm. as soon as some, it's much easier to take a thought captive when you think something negative it's like okay that's not true and then yeah. you can move on with your day otherwise it can really drag you down i find yeah, I think Emma touched on it on Sunday with, um, you know, she's got she's got this thing about body image and she could be living with that for the rest of her life until mm. she even said until she's a new creation. Yeah. But actually, unless she wakes up every morning and reminds herself of the truth, then mm. she's going to have that kind of other voice taking, um, having control. And so I think it's really good to just have that scripture daily and remind yourself of what God is saying mm. and who you are. You know, I just, just want to add one thing there, because I, th- I think that it can sound like when you talk about it being, oh, I must do this every day as like a it's kind of like a scrupulosity mm-hmm. yeah. or or a uh, burden that you have to do but I, I, I just have to voice the fact that it's a delight you know yeah. that you're coming back to the fountain of every blessing mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a recalibrating uh, t- towards goodness towards light towards all, everything that's going to sustain you in life and it's, it's not just like a, another oh I, I forgot to do this oh, I feel yeah. bad about this it's actually yeah. you know a, a endless provision it's good it's just being satisfied in in Him first. Mm. Like John Piper always says that God's most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him. Mm. So I'm not trying to be satisfied with who we are based on how our day goes, but um, I like starting on the front foot, which is what that's what you're saying. Like mm. actually getting ahead of it by going straight in on this is who I am, so that when you do come up. Um, to those challenges that it's just a lot easier mm. and I was, I was actually interested to hear from Martha about um, so I didn't grow up in youth work but you you did did you find that the foundation of youth work and friends 
and like that whole community um, made it easy for you to to face that storm mm. when it did hit you? I think massively. I think when you've got hundreds of voices telling you who you should be and who you shouldn't be and how you should speak. And I, it was interesting because like, I was never that self-conscious about my appearance and the appearance comments really hurt me, but it was more the comments on my character that I found the hardest to deal with. So like, she's smug, she's jealous, she's posh. I kind of thought this is, this is really hurting me a lot more than your hair doesn't look very nice. But that's when I found being around people that know you and the people that knew me best because they knew about my faith as well as my yeah. family and my life or people in my church and in my youth group and that was just a real sanctuary for me it was one of the only places I could go where people wouldn't be like woohoo <laughs> you've been on tv and they'd just be like oh, how are you doing like yeah. how are you actually doing like it's kind of that's why I love this on your mind series it's like what is actually on your mind it's mm. like who are you really rather than just like everything's fine I'm fine because yeah. if I carried on with that I'm fine I wouldn't have been fine not at all. Thank you, guys. Um, before we move on to the next question, we have had a question in on Instagram mm. asking, what is this book in front of you? Oh, this one. This, I, I got a vague recollection of bringing this on last time I was here, so it okay. sounds like this is the only book I read. <laughs> but, you know, if I was to pick one book, it would be... You know, this would be amongst them. So okay. this, this one is called Fill These Hearts. It's by Christopher West, who's a, a Catholic scholar. Uh, we're not a Catholic church, but, you know, all truth is God's truth, and this is this book's great. It's called Fill These Hearts, God's mm-hmm. Sex and the Universal Longing. And it's a, it's a, a sort of a condensation of uh, John Paul II's lectures, uh, or what, what were called the Theology of the Body. He did about a hundred lectures uh, on what it, what it means to be embodied as a human, and um, just grappling with our, our, everything from the deep desires of our heart right up to our ultimate destiny. And it's, uh, it's just written in a really nice, popular way. Christopher West is a sort of post-grad teacher, so he teaches at uh, that level, but the book isn't. It's kind of just a real, a deep book, but simply put. Thank uh, you. So, yeah, definitely, definitely one to avail yourself of. Fill these hearts. That sounds good. Um, right, we have another question from the text. Um, some Christian movements have taken the Bible and argued that as Christians, we should aspire for fitness and physical well-being as part of our worship. They have even gone so far as to claim that being fat or out of shape is sinful. What do you think about this? I find it kind of ironic that we're in KFC. <laughs> yeah, well, this is some part of my programme here, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, this and the popcorn. Um, it, it'd be interesting to think what those movements are. Mm. Um and what, what movements a person particularly has in mind because scripture, uh, well, amongst other things so Paul's writing to Timothy talks about um, physical training being of some use he says, yeah, no, actually it's, it's of some use mm-hmm. but actually there's a, there's a deeper thing which needs to be done actually there's an attending to your eternal destiny um, and the one who's restoring all things that does include your body so I think that that's, it's not unimportant um, I think... I think that uh, a focus solely solely on the body um, is is just illogical as as well as unchristian because the, the scripture takes the person as a whole. It doesn't say that your body doesn't matter, which is like ancient Greek thought, where mm-hmm. the, uh, there's there's the expression soma sama, like the body is a grave. The, the body was something to be transcended, so that you've got that kind of thought, um, which doesn't. That's not Christian thought at all. Actually, um, Christian thought commends the body. Our life 
is embodied. Our life in eternity is embodied as well. That's really important to understand that we we don't drive a sort of wedge between body and soul or uh, you know uh, different parts of the human. We are created by God to image Him as embodied creatures, and we know that because the Lord come, the, the Word of God was made flesh. You know, mm. the Lord comes into the world as a human. Um, so the body is commended as essentially good. Now, with regards to uh, where, whether you should, uh, how you should treat your body, there is some counsel, isn't there? So, so things like your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That there's, uh, there's, uh, there is a that the apostles drawing our attention to the, to the fact that the body itself is holy. It's not just there's an inner part of you that's holy. Mm-hmm. It's actually all of you is holy. Uh, and that's exciting that actually you know there's a potentiality for nourishing the body and uh, and and blessing it, but it's it's part of a picture. I think that's what I would say. Mm. So, yeah, other good. things on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's interesting because um, I guess it's when you take food to be say if you're going we're talking about shape here. Um, people have shapes like because some people have genetic shapes that you can't mm-hmm. really help mm-hmm. like being a certain shape um i think the the sinful aspect is when <clears throat> is when food becomes uh, an idol above mm-hmm. god um and then and then god is less of a priority um so that's my personal thought on it and no, i like that it's so easy for it to become an obsession as well i think like we did mm-hmm. a series in youth where we were preaching and it was about kind of veganism and what does the bible say about veganism because mm-hmm. we look at like quite current topics and kind of came mm-hmm. to the conclusion something wrong with being a vegan but if you take that lifestyle and make that your passion above yeah. god then and you're telling other people more about your life as a vegan than your life as a Christian. That's where it can get a little bit out of hand. So I'd right. say like, there's nothing wrong with being in shape, but when that becomes your goal, like I need to be fit. Yeah, I need to be in shape. Then your kind of mindset switch mm. slightly. Mm. Yeah, and you start believing something different about God. I mean, Scripture mm. tells you that He's given you all things richly to enjoy. But you start telling yourself a different story about yeah. about what God's like, and, and then again, b- yeah. before you know it, you're 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 not praying in the same way because you don't expect you, you don't think yeah. you're praying to mm. the same person. You don't think you're praying to this open-handed God who's mm. a giver. It's mm. good. Um, we are got a few minutes left. I want to ask this last question um, from the text, and it says, "Muhammad and Buddha had physical bodies. So, what is particularly special about Jesus mm. having a body?" And you kind of touched on it, but yeah, go ahead. I think this um, this probably comes up because um, Emma was drawing attention to the particularity of uh, Jesus being embodied and coming into the world. As, as we said, the, the Word was with God and the Word was God, mm-hmm. and then the Word was made flesh. That's, that's what you have in that exciting chapter in John 1. And um, it's it just rolls off the tongue a little bit too easily for us, that we say, okay. you know, Word was with God, and then he became flesh. You know, okay. it's just like... That, that's impossible. Do you know what I mean? Like, that, what you're supposed to see there is the sheer impossibility of it—a God who's absolutely transcendent and absolutely imminent, mm. who's, who's, who's right with that's us. You, that's what you don't have in in other belief systems. Is this God who is not just personal, but uh, amongst us? Mm. It, it says that He came and dwelt amongst us. So, Jesus embodying this—I mean, there's loads of. Um, things that are really worth theological reflection in, in the area of thinking about the Incarnation. And one of them would be that Jesus 
becomes incarnate. He, he, he wasn't incarnate. He wasn't in the flesh. And then he becomes in the flesh. And then he doesn't stop being in the flesh. Yeah. That you've actually got... You have a God who makes himself amongst his creation and stays there and actually uh, um, rises to the highest place in creation, sits at the right hand of the Father, mm-hmm. and he's redeeming all things to, to that standard, that mm-hmm. actually he comes into, into flesh, not just... Mm-hmm. We, we often will talk about him coming down to, into the muck and mire of life, but it's not, that's not where he stays. He takes the muck and mire of life up and glorifies mm-hmm. it. So the glorification of Jesus' body, all of these are really rich uh, areas of theological thought, but... I, I guess if you can take one thing away from it for now, it would be God's commendation of the goodness of the body. Mm. You can see that he, he doesn't tolerate the body, he loves the body. He loves That's the good. human body and exalts in it. And if, if you're taking his opinion on uh, it, as the last word in each area of life, his comment on what the body is, is an affirmation, is a yes. So maybe that helps some people. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, really, really quickly, what have we got coming up this Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Great moment. We have. <laughs> no, thanks for asking. <laughs> we don't know it. Mm. What is coming? I do know because it's, it's my job to know. <laughs> good. Um, good. So this week we have again. It's another interesting and slight, slightly different setup than we would normally have. We have our head of pastoring, Steve Horn, mm-hmm. uh, who's. Um, He's been running redemption courses and various other uh, great initiatives in this church for years and years. And he's, he's sharing on the broad issue of mental health wow. this, this week, which is um, it's going to be uh, very powerful. So he's, yeah. he's, uh, he's just drawing our attention again to the issue of hope and hope uh, and endurance when, when pain and suffering are long mm-hmm. and actually chronic. But, He's answering the question, where's God in that? That's good. That's a good question. Mm. Um, And I'm sure he'll answer it great. Um, Right. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you to you guys for coming. Thank you for coming. And thanks for the popcorn. Um, We'll see you next week.